Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show coming to you live, commercial-free, from my super-secret Batcave folks. We are back, and back in the middle of greatness here in just a bit, okay? We finally, finally get to speak to one Mr. Champ Phoenix from Australia is going to be really awesome. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I am super nervous because this is my first interview on the show. And yeah, I'm, I'm just nervous as I'll get out. But we'll see what happens. I'll give you guys a very quick roadmap of uh, where we're going. Uh, of course, coming up next is going to be the interview with Champ Phoenix. Then we will do a few news stories from the good folks over at Cultaholic, courtesy of the good folks over at Cultaholic. Uh, we will uh, also do the wrestling rewind for this past week. The final two episodes of Dark Side of the Ring uh, in terms of part one of season three. So we'll talk about that. Some heavy, heavy stuff there. And then we finish up with the main event. And this week, it's all about the Survivor Series coming up on Sunday. Now, this will be the penultimate, second to last, if you will, show of the year. Because usually between... Uh, Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. There's really not much going on. So I am going to take a couple months off. I've been working like a crazy person this year. And so I am going to take a couple of uh, months off. But do not fret. I will still be on Twitter. I'll do stuff. Uh, try to do stuff at least a few times a week on, on Twitter. So, uh, do not fret on that one. Next week, it's going to be the recap to Survivor Series and the 2021 Bestie Awards. Tons, tons to get through. So, that all said, uh, we will be right back and... Again, after uh, this will be Mr. Champ Phoenix from Australia. Do not go anywhere. Hey, Champ, can you hear me? I can see you. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Let me see what I can do here.
Hey man, can you hear me? Oh yeah, how's it going, bud? Good, bro. Good. How are you? Oh great, man. I first of all, thank you for for uh, doing this. This is really amazing. So, uh, what you been up to? Nah, just training, man. Um, I've got a big match coming up uh, this weekend, so just been training for that. Um, same thing, like just trying to get my name out there, all that type of all that type of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna ask you. So let's just uh, start off. So um, what's the uh, event coming up uh, this weekend? Uh, we've got a, a tournament, a middleweight eight tournament. So I'm not a middleweight, but I've been chucked in it. Um, the winner gets a shot for the middleweight title in the main event. Um, should be fun, man. Like, I'm the biggest guy in the tournament, mm-hmm. so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I I actually came across uh, the um, on uh, the uh, QWA website, came across the event, and I saw the middleweight uh, tournament was there. I'm like, I bet you he's going to be in this thing, so... Yeah, that's that's very cool. So, yeah. right. Well, uh, It'll be good. oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, hey, so let's just start off. So, um, how did you get your start uh, in wrestling, both as a fan and then as an in-ring competitor? Um, as a fan, uh, man, I started watching when I was like. I would have been five or six. My dad uh, got me into it. Um, and, yeah, I was hooked, man, like, ever since then. Um, but when I, I remember when I first fully, like, got into it, um, was maybe WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I couldn't stop watching it. Like, I watched, I watched that over and over. Um, I can act... Um, the Rock and Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to reenact that match, man. So, like, just with the uh, dummies and stuff at that age. I was only a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was just hooked. Um, and when I got into indie wrestling, um, I got contacted by a guy. Um, I'd sent a message maybe four or five years earlier to this guy. Um because I'd done a, I'd done a bit in the early years, just training though. Um, I'd travel to places and just kind of train. Mm-hmm. And then I sent a message to this guy. Um, he owned a company down south, and I was going to go train. I never, I never did. I never got around to it. Um, I was doing pro powerlifting at the time, so mm-hmm. I was focused on that. Um, and then yeah, years later, I get a message from this guy. I was at the gym and. Um, I had like a message request and I opened it up I, di- I didn't know who it was from and it said um, hey mate uh, we talked years ago um, I'm looking to come to your hometown and start a company and I thought alright yeah cool like I'm keen of course mm-hmm. um, yeah and he, ca- he came up he started the company I was the, I was the first guy there um, we went in and it, it kind of he said in his words he he wanted to build it around me and mm-hmm. so we built this co- like he built this company um it got it got big man like um it got really big 
a lot of fun for a year and a bit. But as mm-hmm. you probably know, like politics in the indie yeah. scene, like, um, yeah, man, like that. a lot of that happened there. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not one for that, like to get, you know, I, I stay um, separated from that stuff. So everyone was kind of involved with it. Um, I was looking in, I thought for myself, like there was many other promotions around that were a lot better at the, like at the time um, that I wanted to get into and kind of further my career too. And the thing with the politics and stuff in the indie thing is like, he, like places have beeps with each other, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like, oh yeah. So for me to be able to go to these places and not be involved with the beefs and the politics was hard. So I made the decision um, to leave that place. Mm-hmm. And the way it was kind of going and being run, like it was going down like anyway. So, um, and just a lot of negativity towards me mm-hmm. during that time too. So yeah, I decided to leave um, and ended up um, in QWA. That like, long story short, I ended up in QWA, which is... Uh, one of the best in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowds are massive. Oh, so yeah. Like, everyone's, yeah, everyone's top-notch. So, um, and there's not not really any of that petty stuff going on as well. It's very, um, very professional. Um, out of all the places I've worked anyway, um, it's, yeah, it's a place to be. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of QWA, I... I've uh, been uh, watching some of that on YouTube, and you're right; those crowds are <laughs> massive. I mean, they they really get into it, don't they? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's nuts. Like yeah, on the video, the videos do no justice. Like the if you're watching the YouTube, mm-hmm. right? yeah, yeah, the the videos don't do justice, man. Like when you're in there, like even in live or when I'm in the ring, and like I get that get that peak pop and i look around it's just it's just unreal man oh yeah absolutely so hey uh speaking of uh, training is there anybody uh that we here in the states might uh, know that you've trained with or that you've worked with in in the past yeah um carlito mm. i he came over here i was in the ring with him i got the apple to the face oh very cool <laughs> um yeah, um, I don't know if you guys know, I've, I've done like a seminar with um, Damien Slater. He was in the WWE, the mm. Cruiserweight Classic oh, uh, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know who you guys know, but of uh, Dingo from Japan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was at a show, um, Shota Suzuki from Japan. Japan. I don't know if you guys know him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, over, very cool. Over in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, very cool. Apart from that, man, like, yeah, I've been ar- I've been around a lot of a lot of top talent, like in the country, um, and overseas. Oh, uh, over in Japan, I had dinner with Chris Brooks and Drew Parker. Oh wow, very cool. Um, Drew Parker, he's in GCW now. Mm-hmm. And Chris Brooks is in DDT. 
Um, so I was with them one night for dinner. Um, yeah, man, like, there's a, there's a lot of talent around, like, that I've been around, so, and trained with. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Uh, in saying that, sorry, bro, sorry, in saying that, um, I was meant to catch up with Chavo Guerrero. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Very cool. A, uh, he was running a seminar, but mm -hmm. his uh, filming schedule got mixed up, so we're catching up again down the, down the track. Nice. Very nice. Well, hey, you know, as far as um, watching you in the ring, uh, man, I tell you what, you are real, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up your backside. You are really amazing. I, I love the character. I love the presence. Uh, it's it's just, I think you're a flat out star. And I, again, I'm just, I'm not blowing. Man, I, yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. That. Yeah, well, and what's cool is it seems like you have the crowd just in the palm of your hand, like, the whole match. It's it's just, it's a really cool vibe you got going on. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate that feedback. Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I aim to do. Like, um, my my thing is the crowd. Like, I'm not one of those guys that want, wants to get all my shit in. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not... Um, I'm not one of them. I want to. I want to make a story for every match. I want to mm -hmm. um, put across like that story because for me, that's what it's about. Like when I grew up watching it, my favorite things were the stories. Yeah, and absolutely. My, mm -hmm. And that's what stuck with me. Like if you, you know, like the matches that you remember, or like they all have that story. Mm -hmm. And um, I want my matches to be remembered. Like I don't want to just be the guy that goes they know i'm going to go in there and sloppily get all my shit in i want to go in there and make sure what i what i'm doing is um is thought about like i can pull it off good and it means something for the match so i appreciate that feedback man that's that's nice <laughs> <It's good. laughs> yeah no worries yeah well and i i was i was watching and i I can't remember, I apologize, I can't remember where off the top of my head other people that were in uh, the match, but I was seeing a four-way match uh, just a few months back with you, and, I mean, that was about the dangest match I think I've ever seen. That was like, holy that crap. That was awesome, that match. Yeah. Yeah. Man, everyone in that match is really good, too, and, like, the story we told, there was a, a few little things in there that... Um, if you looked closely at it, it, it was a bit of a story, like with the roll-up pins and stuff. Yeah. Start. Um, yeah, that match. That match was one of my favorites, actually. Oh yeah. Career. Um, and the crowd was nuts. Did you see the crowd? Oh, like, it was it was insane. <laughs> it was yeah. like holy smokes. So yeah, it was. Uh, like I said, that was just about the dang match I think I've ever see, ever seen any. I yeah. That, yeah, awesome. yeah, no worries. Well, and um <laughs> again, because I've clearly never been in the ring like ever, don't intend to be in the ring. Uh I was seeing yeah. uh that uh, frog splash that you took and I'm like, "Oh jeez. <laughs> that looks like that hurt, man." <laughs> yeah, that hurt, man. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's really good too. That guy, um, I've got a match with him 
this weekend. Mm. The guy that done the frog splash. Uh-huh. Uh huh. His name's his name's Bilas. He's from Brisbane. Mm. Um, been in the business for uh, over ten years, I think. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's so good, man. So we got a match this weekend as a first round. So nice. You're gonna see. You're gonna see a lot of them frog splashes, I think. <laughs> all of that type of stuff. Yeah, very, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I was, I was seeing all the roll ups at the beginning of the match, and I'm thinking, okay, we're we're off to a good start here, you know, because sometimes, yeah, we're on. right, we're on. because sometimes when you have like a triple threat or you have like a fail four way or whatever, it, it's like, I don't know, there's just a lot of dead time, and yeah. you know, they like you said you want to get your, your, your shit in, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, now what, you know, because you can go from, like, yeah. spot to spot to spot to spot, but people know that if you're telling a story, that's that's going to really engage people, right? I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, I know what you're saying, man, I agree, like, that's what I thought about before that match, too, is in the triple threats and the fatal four ways, there's always so much dead time, like, um, not, yeah, there's a story, but it takes a bit to get into it. Like if you if you watch the triple threats and mm-hmm. fatal four ways, so to start it off hot like that, um, and even you're saying too, like it, it's like well, you know, we're on. So, oh yeah, yeah. And so that that drew that drew me in. I was like, because I was already going to watch it for you, you know, but uh, that yeah. that just drew me in. I'm like, okay, all right, this is this is great, and the action was. I mean, I. I never saw one like lag. It was just like action all the time, and yeah. that's that's yeah. what I love, you know. So and even if there even if there was a lag and it um, it was filled in with like what was going on in the story, mm-hmm. if you if you know the stuff, like even um, the part where I got eliminated and instead of calm kind of just ag and backstage i i got that ref i done that ref thing and the ref um told me to get out and the crowd exploded and whatnot so yeah there's all the all that happened like in in the spare space um and that's what it's all about man just just making that story oh yeah totally well hey speaking of the ref <laughs> i tell you so so tell me tell me about your ref that that's a really cool uh school gimmick you got going there I do. Um, we we had a, a faction at one stage uh, called the Prodigies. We were the tag team champs and um, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we had a group of um, two, I think four or five of us. Uh, we had a guy from Chile, South America in it. Uh-huh. Uh, his name's Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Um, had the ref. We had a guy, JME. No, actually, we had more members. We had, like... We had Rage Kelly. We had like six, seven members, maybe. Anyways, um, one match I had the ref. He turned. Oh, he went rogue, so he went heel. Um, mm-hmm. Helped me out in the match, and he joined the prodigies. So then, like after that, that kind of thing, we got him involved with the matches and stuff. Like when I would come out. Uh huh. Um, there's heaps of matches going back that that he gets involved with, and. It's really cool, man. Like the crowd, 
the crowd got to the point they hated him. Like as soon as he would come out and oh. have another match, yeah, it was already over. Like the crowd just hated him, bro. So um, that was a real cool element when he was in it mm-hmm. and getting him involved and stuff. Like the heat, heat was nuts. So oh yeah, um, yeah, that's how that came about. He just just turned and joined in our group. Yeah, that yeah, I I, I tell you, <laughs> it, it's like you say, you know, the crowd just I mean, they absolutely hate the guy. <laughs> it's that's that's something else. It's pretty wild. Yeah, man, big time. So yeah. But that's another thing too. Yeah. The video the video does no footage. Uh the video does no justice of that. Like he in real life the the crowd there was people trying to fight us in the crowd. Oh, like, I bet. At one point, we, we would have guys trying to fight us, man. Oh, yeah, I, I bet. You know, so, well, as far as your uh, indie work, uh, where, where do you see indie wrestling? I, I mean, I know there's like AEW, there's Impact and all that, but um, what's, what's the scene like down in Australia? the indie scene here or yeah like um yeah it's it's got mm-hmm. sorry man the oh. thing's cutting out a bit. oh no you're fine <laughs> um yeah the indie scene here is really good it's um uh, especially QWA QWA is really good We've got, like, as, as anywhere, we've got places that don't draw any crowd. Like, they get maybe 10, 15 people. Um, we've got places that are really good. They draw a lot of crowd. All their talent are training every week. They're all top-notch. Um, I avoid the places that um, are, like, I don't know, not, not, profession- not, not, not professional, but... Um, just I don't want to get in the ring with untrained people. Oh yeah, don't train and stuff. Um, especially what I've done so far. Like I don't for myself. I don't want to go that to that down to that level. I want to keep it at a top level. Um, not don't go backwards. So QWA's um that's where I'm at for now. And uh, as you've seen, man, like everyone there is top notch. Um, everyone's training. Mm-hmm. Everyone's uh, trying to better themselves in kind of every every aspect, and it's it's run professionally, man. So that's the type of places I I look for. I don't want to go to the the places that like no one can. They just rock up, sloppily have their match. Like everyone's getting injured. Yeah. Um, and luckily, there's not many of them around, um, but. You gotta watch out because there there is they're still in they're still there. You don't want to accidentally wind up in a show that's um, like that. So I avoid that. But the indie scene in general is really good. We've got a lot of a lot of top talent guys here that have been around the world. Like you see um, a place called PWA that's full of full of talent and like them guys have been to Japan, mm-hmm. AEW, um, the. One of the teams there just joined Will Ospreay in the oh wow uh, faction that he's got. Yeah, so we've got a lot of that over in Perth. We got like 
some guys that have been to WWE, Japan. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of talent and a lot of knowledge around. And the good thing is that uh, those guys, everyone that's been somewhere and done something real cool, are willing to help everyone else out that wants the help. And that's the thing. Like a lot of a lot of guys here um, that are in these weird places, they don't want the help, and they they already think they're at a level. They already think they're better than they are, and that's a bad attitude. Like that's a, a weird attitude that I've seen in the scene. Yeah. Um, especially when I first came in, is like the attitude of uh, you know we don't need help. We're, we're already the best, like the ego. So um, myself, I'm always open to learning. I'm always um, always looking to learn too. Like I'll, I'll watch matches. They might not even be as good as me, but they might know something that I don't know. And I watch their matches with that mindset too. Like even new rookie guys I've, I've learned something from. So um, the indie scenes, yeah. We're, we're lucky we've got a lot of good, uh, good talent for Australia because Australia never used to have an indie scene, really. Like, it never used to be known. Mm. And only in the last few years, our guys have gotten out. Um, some of them have gotten out overseas and Australia's getting a good name. Like, you know, Jonah, um, those other guys uh, in NXT, mm. Grayson Waller. Oh, yeah. He, he was here for years. Yeah, he's been around for years, man. Um, in like this, those scenes uh, down south. So yeah, Tony Storm, all that. Like my uh, one of my trainers actually trained Tony Storm. Oh, whoa, um, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. From, from the beginnings, so, yeah, yeah. So that that's it's good. We indie scenes grown, and everyone that's grown and gone somewhere, they either come back and help out or. Um, yeah, they, they, they get our name out there more while they're on that big stage, so. Oh, yeah, well, and just in the last few years, I mean, shoot, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, the Iconics, I mean, I can go on yeah, and on. Rhea. yep. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, well, speaking of WWE, I know that a few months back they said, you know what, that's it, right, no more indie talent, which yeah. I thought, Okay, you guys are shooting yourselves in the foot there. I get what you're trying yep. to do, but come on. Uh, so, had they not said that, w would you want to go to like WWE or like AEW or? Man, I I think as a indie wrestler and especially me growing up, and WWE was all we had. We had WCW and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, growing up my goal like since i was a kid I, like i've been training since i was a kid with martial arts and everything and my my goal was always wwe like um it was like i think for any wrestler it, it was because that's the that was the the place and um it's a shame man like honestly when when they broke that news it's like why you know why there's so many like pro wrestlers around with, and you need that you need that uh, experience to mm -hmm. translate it. Like you see the okay, so if they want to hire guys that aren't indie wrestlers and are just athletes or whatever, that's like fine. 
but there's there's little things you learn from the indies like in the ring and that you can't learn just by not not wrestling like if you're getting these guys on tv there's little things that like stuff can go wrong and you gotta know what to do like you can't um just train for a year and go on tv it's just gonna be it'll be sloppy man so i don't understand the decision Mm. um wwe was always the goal for me always it's always as far as i know uh people that want to get somewhere it was a goal and that's been cut off now but in saying that aew's come along and aew is amazing oh yeah like um honestly like aew is my new goal um you know at the same time before wwe made the announcement aew was still a goal Mm. it's like you look like the talent it's amazing man like the the talent there and it's just getting bigger oh it's getting bigger and um honestly it reminds me a lot of like the attitude like mm-hmm. ruthless aggression era kind oh, of thing and yeah absolutely that's my type of style wwe has gone i don't know it's uh it's not what it used to be in my opinion right um but in saying that i think it's a shame for everyone that they've cut that off and they're not hiring indie wrestlers i don't I don't understand why, because there's so so much talent and so much experience that you don't need to worry about teaching that or pulling it up. You don't need to worry about like these guys messing something up on TV that shouldn't even be messed up in the first place just because they don't have the experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a weird one. It, I don't understand it. Well, and you know, kind of playing off of what you said about you know the guys that you know are only there for like six months year whatever and you know I, I look at some of these guys yeah they're big but it's kind of like great you're big and can you move in the ring can you talk no okay <laughs> guess have at it exactly. yeah I, yeah exactly like they're, they're big and they're athletic cool but the the timing that you get from the indies and the even just the knowledge of pro wrestling myself man in like only a a few years i've learned things that i never would have known and i understand that they're getting trained by top top level guys and they're around that all day but experience experience with anything trumps anything like you can't teach certain things so absolutely yeah i don't know I don't understand it, man, at all. Well, right, well, and, you know, uh, last thing I'll, I'll mention about the, the indie, and then we'll we'll go uh, on, but, you know, the, people like Adam Cole, I, I just, I shake my head at, and I'm thinking, he was over, like, nothing in NXT, and you guys are like, oh, uh, well... We kind of don't like him being on social media. We don't like him being on Twitch. And I'm thinking, that's the least of your problems. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. No, I totally agree. Like, the Adam Cole thing, even now, he went to AEW. And, like, NXT was a smaller audience, of yeah. course. But he, tra- he transferred to AEW. And he's lighting them stadiums on fire, man. Like, the hot, like... 
that crowd that he went from going in front of, yep. and they didn't they didn't call him up and put him in front of the big crowds for whatever reason. But he went over to AEW and he lights the whole stadium up, and it's like okay, like that's that's the perfect example of like why didn't you do anything with this guy? Because oh. look what he's doing now. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, even carrying yeah. cross. Oh, yeah, that that was that was just insane. When I heard that he that got isn't, Yeah. Yeah, man, what I don't oh, it blows my mind. He had Oh. He had the the whole thing going. Well, like, yeah, he had yeah, had everything going, you know, and what what blows my mind about Carrion is I mean, like in NXT he had that really cool entrance with Scarlet and, you know, just the whole vibe, the whole thing. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. But then they just, I, I swear, it's like they just had no clue what they were doing when they brought him up to the main roster. I'm like. Yeah, from what I've seen, man, and my opinion, it was like they were just taking the piss out of him. Yeah. Like they, it's like they something i reckon it was an attitude thing like i don't know if he rubbed someone the wrong way or whatnot but it was like they were just playing with him then and same as keith lee oh jeez, like, yeah something's not real yeah and kind of being in the indie scene and, and seeing similar things happen with people is like i think they were just like taking the piss and after that he got released and stuff you seen him uh I don't know if you've seen that comment he done about the helmet. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that like kind of solidified my thoughts on it. Like, yeah, you know, he he kind of knew they were taking the piss and whatever. But I guess you got to make make it what you can. You know, chicken salad out of chicken <laughs> shit. They call it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, you know what I think happened to Carrion was. Uh, he was, I think it was one of the last matches he had in NXT and they said, oh my gosh, he looks like a, uh, like a gladiator. And I think somebody up there was like, huh, gladiator. Cool. Let's do that. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> let's yeah, not do that. They could they could have, they could have done it a different way. You know what I mean? Like, how oh, they yeah. did do it was like, okay, like the suspenders, man, I don't Oh. I don't know. Yeah, that was... That's yeah. nuts. <laughs> well, and, I mean, Keith Lee, that was another one. That was another head-scratcher. I'm like, you're just tapping into him, and then, yeah, he had some health issues, but that that uh, that aside, it's like, he's right there. Freaking use him. Good heavens. Yeah. I, yeah, Keith Lee had an amazing presence, man. Like, um before they kind of done what they done with him but he he didn't need to be fixed like he mm. when he would come out he had that same like um attention grabbing kind of charisma he had a mad charisma and yeah they just i don't know what they done with him carrying cross and keith lee like it could have made a lot of money for that company mm -hmm. and i just don't understand why they throw it away over even if it was attitude problems or whatever Right. It's like look past it and just just uh let the dudes be the dudes, man, like let it go. Oh yeah. Well and you know, hey, you can fix 
you know, you can fix attitude if you need to. But yeah, yeah uh, man. Well, I tell you, you know, when yeah, the um, angles Oh yeah, definitely. Well, you know, it, it's like with um, you know NXT a couple years back with uh, Survivor Series, and you know, I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to get Adam Cole up to the main roster, and then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes zero yeah. sense. Yeah, the, the Adam Cole thing blows my mind, man, because you can see as he's gone to AEW, he can do it. He can um, he can do the big stadiums and have everyone going nuts. And if it's about if it's about the crowd and it's about the the work. He can wrestle, man. Like he's he's insane in the ring, and it's like, why? Yeah, maybe they wanted to build NXT a bit more around him in a way. Um, but you know, maybe he didn't want to go to the main roster. I don't know. I don't know the story. Yeah. But from the AEW thing, that tells me that he wanted to be in front of the big crowds. He wanted the big stuff, like, and he can do it. And they missed out. That's that's all there is to it. I think like they missed out on it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, gonna uh, wrap this up. But uh, yeah, so tell us uh, again about the event on on Saturday and yeah, um, Saturday night we've got QWA Ground Zero Eight. Um, I've been a part of the tournament in the previous years. Uh, we've got eight top-notch uh, performers, and I've got my money on, on me to win it. Oh, absolutely! The, the middleweight championship. Oh, hey, very it's gonna be cool, fun, man! It's going hopefully it's gonna be a sold out, sold out crowd for sure. It's gonna be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, you know, wish you luck. You know, uh, I'm sure I'll see you at some point. <laughs> you know, so, uh, hey, again, yeah, Jim. Man. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you, man. I, I really do. This this was really fun. So, you know, hey, anytime you want to come on. Thanks, thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, anytime you want to come on, just give yeah, me a shout. <laughs> down for whenever man um i appreciate the time i appreciate um you know the the talk we've had and it's been i appreciate the feedback too man i really do um that means a lot like about my matches and stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm just hoping to get better and better and um you know make that jump over to the big usa so yeah absolutely cool right well um yeah, other than that, like I said, I, I think we're good. But um, good luck this weekend. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm pulling for you, man. So uh, anytime you want to... Sh- awesome, man. Yeah, anytime you want to shoot on over, just, you know, get on uh, Twitter, all that. And <laughs> we'll... Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, no worries. All right. All right, have a good day, man. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, you too. Uh, Bye. All right, folks. Uh, That was the uh, extended interview with uh, Mr. Champ Phoenix. 
Oh my goodness gracious, that was awesome. Uh, so certainly uh, glad that he was here uh, on this show. Uh, cannot thank him enough. So uh, coming up, it's going to be news from Cultaholic. I've got a few uh, news stories and then I'm going to highlight uh, including the gift that just keeps on giving as of late, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that is a wreck. Um, so, uh, we will uh, get into that. Then, of course, like I said, the last two episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, the first half of season three, uh, that, uh, came on to Hulu, some heavy, heavy stuff, big warning, I mean, the other stuff was, was heavy, uh, the one with, uh, Grizzly Adams, one with Dynamite Kid, oh my gosh, those are heavy, so, just giving y'all a fair warning here, you know, uh, so, anyway, so, I will be back, uh, later with uh, the news and then like I said dark side ring and then we will uh, end up with uh, Survivor Series and then next week is going to be the last show of uh, 2021 so you do not want to miss that we've got recap of Survivor Series we've got the best awards and some extended uh, thank yous but that will be, that will be next week. So, uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back with the news. First things first, uh, very, very, very grateful for uh, the uh, interview with Mr. Champ Phoenix. Couldn't have been cooler. Really appreciate him. Uh, so check him out tomorrow night. If you're over in Australia, check him out tomorrow night. Queensland Wrestling Alliance. Uh, and uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. So uh, there is that. So grateful for uh, him and giving me some of his time. Now, um, we go straight away to the news. And a couple of different things. We've got uh, the saga. <laughs> it's turned into a saga between Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair, and then, uh, of course, we've got uh, the situation with uh, the count releases late last night. So, I've made a bit of an executive decision uh, as far as whether or not to, uh, you know, whether or not to uh, talk uh, about 
segment. Uh, and uh, I've decided I'm going to uh, move that actually back to the Survivor Series. So uh, we have uh, that going uh, for us. So uh, let's get straight away to the uh, people that uh, were um, that were uh, let go uh, late last night. This was really weird, um, and, and I, I say it was weird because of. Uh, I, I was I was just kind of you know tooling around, and then I got a a, a uh, you know I got an alert from uh, got an alert from uh, police report. Sorry, I'm <laughs> trying to find uh, people that were uh, let go, um, but. Yeah, I was I was I was seeing uh, that, and I thought, huh, that's weird. And I saw that it was you know it was on social media, um, and I thought, oh, oh okay. Um, And but I thought, well, that's it's not really being reported by you know any other wrestling uh, organization, so it's not you know confirmed by WWE. It's not uh, confirmed by Cultaholic or uh, what culture. Um, but then you know eventually it, it got to that point where it's like, okay, yep, this is confirmed. This is. Uh, what's going on? And I just thought, okay, that's that's just uh, that's just insane. So uh, this is what I I, I saw, um, or well, son son sap broke uh, the story. Uh, last night, and that's—I mean, he, he is obviously one of the most well-respected uh, wrestling journalists. Uh, you know, he he breaks WWE uh, news like all the time, so very, very, very credible. And I thought, okay. Well, um, what's what's going to happen? And it was just kind of like that's that's just really insane. Um, so let's just go over the uh, names. Um, this is again uh, from uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, so Feifel's son 
uh, staff reported uh, to WWE as parted ways with John Morrison, Todd Dalla, uh, Shante Z. Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Tegan Knox, Greg Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Raker. Uh, and I was just like, I was, I was floored. I was floored because Hit Row was a thing. Hit Row, I mean, Hit Row was a thing. People were getting behind Hit Row. I was starting to get behind Hit Row. And once they moved up to the main roster, I thought, uh, they're not going to get much of a chance. I, I just had a bad feeling. And I mean, unfortunately, I was I was right, uh, and it just you know it, it just makes no sense. Um, there's uh, uh, some um, some uh, Twitter reactions that's going along with the story. So this is from Jason Jones uh, at uh, Mr. Jason Jones. Uh, WWE called up Hit Row from NXT to release all of them. Make it make sense. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. This is from uh, Andreas Hale. That's uh, uh, Andreas Hale. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott signed with WWE in April 2019. Debuted in July 2019. Formed Hit Row. Uh, just in May of this year, won the North American Championship in June, drafted in October, dropped the North American title uh, October 12th, and released on November 18th. I'm just, I am really, really just shocked by the name. I, again, I'm 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 not shocked by John Morrison. I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, very quickly, I'm I'm not surprised by John Morrison because when Taya Valkyrie, Frankie Monet, right, when she got released, I thought, okay, well, there goes John Morrison. <laughs> Just a matter of time. There goes John Morrison, and they let John Morrison go. That was. But Hit Row, I mean, they had a wildly popular group. They, 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 I mean, they, they didn't really explore much of anything with them. I mean, the only uh, storyline was when Isaiah Swerve Scott won the North American Championship. That was it, you know, and he had some vignettes, he had some backstage, you know, stuff with, with Hit Row, but he never really got a sense of WWE, you know, at least the main roster, I had any sense, any, I had any idea of what to do with, with Hit Row, um, so yeah. So uh, let's just uh, read a little bit more uh, from this. Uh, as with last time around, uh, signed 
budgetary issues doesn't really wash uh, when WWE reported a largely, uh, largely positive financial situation during its most recent earnings call uh, on uh, the 4th, so basically two weeks ago. Uh, for years, fans have speculated about whether uh, Vince McMahon, who turned 56 in August, or his family, would ever consider divesting themselves of uh, WWE. Company deal with Saudi Arabia is a sign of how it may have reached saturation point in the United States. So it would be a good time uh, to sell up. Uh, continuing to trim the roster, cut payroll, is bound to further the idea that uh, WWE executives are clearing the deck for possible buyers. So that is uh, from uh, Joseph uh, Zucker of Bleacher Report. So thank you uh, to uh, Joseph Zucker uh, for the uh, for the names. I've heard this notion. I've, I've heard that uh, WWE was, you know, in, in, in the idea of going out and, and trying to, you know, sell, you know, their, their company. I don't, I don't believe that it's going to happen this year because, I mean, we've got six weeks left in the year. So I don't I don't believe it's gonna happen this year. If WWE is going to sell, okay, if they're going to sell to someone else, okay, if Vince McMahon, the McMahon family, um was going to sell, let's say just after WrestleMania, because they have I think their storylines stacked up between now and WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the second pay-per-view of the year, but for all intents and purposes, it's like the end of one batch of stories, and then from that point to the next WrestleMania, that's when, that, that's when I really believe the year really starts. It, it's not the world. Yes, I know the Rumble is in January. I understand this. But WrestleMania is really the end to some storylines and the beginning of, of others. And so that, I believe, is when you're really started is WrestleMania. So if you're going to get rid of WWE, you have to do it after WrestleMania. You have to do it after WrestleMania. Here, here lies the problem. Here, here lies the problem. The problem is, well, okay, so if you have these storylines from now to WrestleMania all lined up, then if you sell, I mean, what's the new owner going to do? And so when is the best time? To sell, and I guess that's that's the sixty-four uh, billion-dollar question. Here's the thing, and I'm I'm 
kind of amending myself, you know, on, on the fly here. So I actually think that they are going to sell things sell right now because again like I said you have the storyline between now and Wrestlemania pretty much sewn up uh, and then after Wrestlemania it's kind of like okay well we took care of all these storylines okay let's start building new storylines for the next year and if you're a new owner you don't want to have the work you know, on the fly just after WrestleMania to get you know to get your your, your feet wet. You want to put your stamp on things like like that. And so yeah, I I, I I'm gonna actually reverse and say no, I, I think if WWE is gonna sell, they're gonna sell between now and the first of the year. Uh, they do have that day one uh, uh, show, pay-per-view coming up on uh, on a New Year's Day. Uh, I think they're doing it for a couple reasons. One, to compete with Wrestle Kingdom, which uh, which is traditionally you know the first week of of January uh, over in Japan, and Day one might be might be an actual clue of like no this is day one of a new regime this is day one of a new uh, ownership so I don't know um, if you wanted to buy WWE I I think you would have to spend at least my my working guess you would have to spend at least five or six billion with a D just to even get into the game. Because if you come in, you know, and say, okay, well you're a billion dollar company, so I'm just gonna offer you a billion dollars, that the the man is gonna be like, shoot, no, sorry. But if if um, WWE gets five or six, you know, again billion with a B, they're going to say, huh? Okay, uh, all right. Now this is not new. This is not exclusive to wrestling. Okay, uh, all of this uh, cleaning house uh, when you're trying to sell, you know, a team. Um, this happens in really any any sport you know uh, a number of years ago um this was oh gosh almost 25 years ago when the uh, florida marlins uh now the miami marlins uh of uh, major league baseball uh, i mean they they uh got talent to win right then i mean it was like we have to win this year, that's that's that. Guess what? They win, and then they just start selling off players left and right. You know, so it happens, and so I don't want to hear budgetary cuts. 
I don't want to hear about jury cuts. I want to hear, you know what? We are looking to sell. If Nick Khan, um, you know, if Nick Khan came out, if Vince McMahon came out, heck, if, if Triple H, if Paul Levesque came out and said, yes, we are definitely selling the company, then I could say, okay, yeah, cool. I get it. I get it. So, I mean, it's not great, but I get it. But they're not doing that. So, we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, coming up uh, here next, we are going to do the wrestling rewind from this past week. Dark side of the ring after that. And then we will finish up with the main event. And, uh, that Survivor Series coming up this Sunday only on Peacock. So uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. <laughs> All right, folks. That is the uh, sound for this week's Wrestling Rewind. And uh, just to uh, give you guys an idea of uh, what we do, uh, if you are brand new to this here show, uh, on a uh, weekly basis, I go over not that week's action, but the week before, so you don't have to go back and uh, rewatch. Now, you can. Obviously, you can rewatch, but it's uh, a lot of watching. Holy smoke. So, I kind of condense things down. Uh, best I can, so uh, you guys have a general idea of what is going on with various storylines. Right, so we start off with Raw. Seth Rollins comes out. He says, you know, I told you, I told you that, you know, I could get this contract to face Biggie. And, oh, by the way, don't trust Kevin Owens. He is not who he says he is. Never worked. You know, it didn't work for Sammy Zayn. Didn't work for New Day to trust him. Uh, this guy is just a stone cold, you know, personality, and and don't trust Kevin Owens. And that led to Kevin Owens coming out saying. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm here to fight. I'm you know I want to fight you, and so that got all worked out. At the uh, the end. But I tell you what, Seth Rollins is just on another level. He is he is in a different plane of existence as far as his promo skills. Good lord, I mean, he gets heat on him. For any number of things, is he? He Seth Rollins is in the same category as Ric Flair. He's a great, good guy, a great baby face, if you will. But he does an even better job being a bad guy, being a heel. So uh, Seth Rollins is just on another level. 
Uh, can we just please, 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 I'm begging you, please stop with pointless tag match. Yes, I understand that uh, you've had, you know, some, some movement with the Raw Tag Team titles uh, as of late with RK Bro, with, uh, with uh, the uh, Dirty Dogs, with the Tree Profits, with Omos, and uh, with AJ Styles. I get all that, and I, I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. But it just feels like if there's no stakes involved, I mean, it, it just feels like it, it's just a filler match. So I just kind of skipped over that. Uh, next up, Dominic Mysterio uh, goes in and you know, he loses his match. Dom is doing good. He's doing good. But the criticism of um, the uh, criticism of Dominic Mysterio, at least for me, and this is not anything about you know Dom as as a person, uh, but but more as a wrestler is, I think he's in over his head. Uh, I think they rushed him to the main roster because there was whole narrative of, you know, Ray saying, I want to work with my son, I want to, I want to do something cool with my son, I want to be tag team champions with him, it would be a great, you know, great, you know, story, and it was, it was, problem, problem though, is now that Dom is pretty much trying to Veer off and do his own thing. It's kind of like, okay, well, yes, you were trained by one of the absolute very best, very, very, very best of all time. Um, but I don't know. I really wish that Dominic Mysterio would have gone to NXT for six months, a year, pause, really learn the ropes, really learn from, and, and, hey, you can have, you can have Dominic Mysterio still paired off with Ray, have Ray down in uh, NXT, you know, kind of as a mentor slash manager, you know, type figure, and, and it would have worked. It would have worked. That's not what happened, though, and I'm afraid that Dominic is a tad, not not much, he's a tad, he's a smidge in over his head. Can he get there? Can he get to that next level? Yes. Yes, absolutely, 100%. But if you only get one perspective, if you only get one perspective on how to how to do things, how to move in the ring, how to how to act, how to you know uh, tell stories and all that, 
Well, guess what? That's only one, one perspective. There's a week, and again, not that I'm trying to say anything um, uh, inflammatory. Not that I'm trying to uh, throw shade on, on Ray Mysterio. Not even close. Like I say, he is one of the absolute top wrestlers, best wrestlers of all time. He helped to popularize, uh, popularize, I should say, uh, the Lucha Libre uh, style here in the United States. But, but there is a reason why you look at any wrestler profile on Wikipedia, anywhere, and they will say, trained by, and there's at least, at least two uh, people that are uh, being um, you know that they're, they're you know saying okay yeah we're going to you know you know we're going to do this. Um, I I am looking at uh, I am looking at Dominic Mysterio's uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, he is, or he, he has been trained by Jay Lethal, Conan, Landstorm, and Ray Mysterio. So, I apologize. I, I only thought it was just Ray. I apologize. Again, I was not trying to cast aspersions on Ray Mysterio. I, I just thought it was only Ray that, uh, you know, I only thought it was just Ray that trained him. But, Say Lethal, Conan, Landstorm. Those are amazing, amazing talents. So, I just wish that he would have gone to NXT first. It, Ray could have still done stuff with him in NXT. They could have been tag team champions down in NXT. Now, here's where this gets a little bit goofy, and, and, and that is that uh, Ray has said, I don't want to face Dominic. I don't want to face Dominic. I don't want to face Dominic. Guess what? They're probably, WWE is like, oh, sorry, Bray. <laughs> We're going to have you two square off against each other at some point. I'm like, did they not hear the guy? He doesn't want to face this kid in the ring. He doesn't. I, mm. That just kind of was, that was just really just kind of uh, mind-blowing to me. But anyways, anyways, we move on, onwards and upwards. Um, Chad Gable is just way too good. Uh, I love uh, how, he's, how he's doing things. Five-way match for the number one contendership to Becky Lynch's Raw title was amazing. It was it was uh, action all all the way around. There were some spotty moments. And by spotty moments, it's kind of like okay, we're gonna we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go over here, and do this, and so. 
it it was just kind of a bit spotty in in in, in um, you know in in some cases. Dewdrop turning heel, that's brilliant. Um, I love the dewdrop turn heel. Um, I think it was the right call to have. Uh, you know, I think it was the right call uh, to have Liv Morgan a win. Um, I think if you're going to try every which way to get heat on Becky Lynch to turn into a complete heel, yeah, yeah, you, you need to, you need to get somebody in there, you know, not named Bianca Belair, because we, 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 we've done that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, all that, so, um, there is uh, that, um, and then, of course, uh, KO uh, versus Seth, just absolutely tore it down, um, NXT, uh, yeah, the six person uh, tag match, uh, Toxic Attraction uh, versus TC uh, Ganzaro uh, and uh, So GT again, Daryl, uh, and um, I, oh yeah, King Carter, sorry, <laughs> King Carter, uh, and of course, yes, Rye versus Toxic Attraction, uh, Gigi, Roman, Jason Jane, and of course, uh, Mandy Rose. So. Uh, it was a good match. It was it was high um, intensity. It was it was just really it was it was really good. And I think the difference between uh, the eight person tag match and the six woman tag match was that this was a built-in story. This wasn't just three or four teams just thrown together. But that it was uh, an actual story, you know. Like, hey, I've got this championship, and everybody in this ring wants to go after that championship. So I think that was kind of how that worked. Uh, well, uh, both sets of titles, both the women's section titles and the uh, women's uh, NXT championship. So it made sense in that uh, capacity. Um, Kaylee Ray is just killing it in NXT. When she moved from NXT UK to NXT, I thought, she can do this, um, but okay, what's going to happen? But no, uh, 
don't think they fully trust her. You know, they are trying to uh, fashion Sheree to be the next Asuka, to be the next Mako Satomura. And I'm thinking, okay, um, but she's 25. Good Lord. I, I think Sheree is going to do really well. But I wish that WWE uh, didn't uh, have her lose all the time. Uh, I love Jack at times. I love Zero. And I love uh, Shishida. I love those two. Uh, so I love Zero and Shishida. Uh, the Creed brothers, though, they are scary. Oh, Diamond Mine, right now, I will put Diamond Mine up against any other group or faction in wrestling. Any other faction. Because Diamond Mine, it took them a little bit. Took them a little bit. Took them a minute. But they are killing it. Roderick Strong is the uh, North American champion. I think the Creed. I mean, it's just a matter of time before the Creed brothers uh, are tag champions. Just, just a matter of time. Um, and yeah, so Diamond Mind, they are scary, scary good right at the moment. Uh, Sokoa is uh, just a complete beast. And unlike his brothers, Usos, okay. Unlike his brothers, uh, the Usos, the crowd is going nuts for this guy. This guy is about the biggest baby face, you know, that you, you can have outside of maybe a Braun Breaker. But yeah, Sokoa, yeah, he, he is just absolutely amazing. And I can watch Carmel Hayes versus Pete Dunn all day long. Right, next up, uh, very quickly, we've got NCK. Uh, uh, I love the subculture entrance, the black and white, the, the video, the, you know, the voiceover, you know, subculture. I'm like, okay, that is so cool. It is a really cool entrance. Um, I really love Mark Andrews. I love uh, slash Morgan Webster. You know, I love Danny Luna. They are really fun to watch. Um, it's really cool. But it's a little weird seeing a live crowd back over in NXT UK, but very cool. I think I think it's really adding to the presentation. Um. That match, that opening match between Mark Andrews and Nathan Fraser, go watch it. Oh, go watch it. It is so good. Oh, it, it is, it is, it is just that good. It is a match of the year candidate. It was that good. It was that good. Please go back and watch it. I, I tweeted. I tweeted at both 
uh, Mark Andrews and Nathan Frazier, and they both, you know, uh, you know, like my 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 saying, you know, hey, that was a sick match. Um, oh, just go, just go watch it. I can't do that uh, that match injustice. Just go watch it. It's so good. Uh, and Mustache Mountain are now the number one contenders for three deadlies tag team titles. That is going to be an epic match. That is going to be an epic, epic match. I mean, if you thought that the Usos versus the, uh, the New Day, the main roster, was like the tag match that people want to see like over and over and over and over again, because they are just that great with with each other. No, it, in NXT UK, it's pretty deadly. It's Mustache Mountain. I, I could watch that all day. <laughs> uh, finally, SmackDown, you have Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is, is just very, uh, just very entertaining. He, he, he really is. Um, I wish that they would broaden him outside of the whole conspiracy theory thing. Um, but he is very entertaining. Again, if a tag team match doesn't make sense, if there's no story, if there's no stakes, I, I, I don't want to see a tag team match. I, 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 just, I just don't. And then, of course, Charlotte uh, comes uh, out uh, says uh, her piece. Now, here's the thing that I thought that was so interesting about uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, you want to talk about getting heat on yourself? Tony Storm comes out and says, hey, well, if Becky Lynch is giving out title opportunities, how about you? How about you, Charlotte? I'm here. Let's, let's do this. And Charlotte said, nope. Walked off. I mean, that is nuclear heat. <laughs> that is nuclear heat. I mean, people just lost their minds when she said, nope, and walked off. It's like, okay, that's how you do it. That's how you get heat on yourself. Uh, it was it was so good. Loved it. <clears throat> um, so anyway, that is that. Uh, we will be back, um, and uh, we will be uh, doing the dark side of the ring. Now, I've got to be uh, up front and, and all that. These last two episodes of the first half of season three of Dark Side of the Ring dealt with some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, any episode of Dark Side of the Ring does. But uh have Grizzly Smith, Dynamite Kid, they deal with heavy, heavy stuff. So get yourselves into a good place. Okay. Get yourselves into a good place. This is not gonna be fun. This is not gonna be pretty. Um talking about these last two episodes, but we will be right back and we will talk about Dark Side of the Ring.
Sorry, folks. We are back, and as the music suggests, this is uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the final two episodes of first half of season three that is now on uh, Hulu. And uh, like I said, dark, 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 dark stuff. Um, so if uh, you um, if you haven't um, you haven't seen, um, if you haven't seen, uh, this was just really like, okay, wow, that really messed up. Um, so, uh, first, uh, first off was in the shadow of Grizzly Smith. Who is Grizzly Smith, might ask? Well, he's only the dad, father of Jake Snake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rockin' Robin. Uh, so, uh, there's that. But I gotta tell you, the idea that Grizzly Smith abused, physically abused his own kids, sexually abused, Young girls, I mean, 13, 14, you know, 15, um, just gross. It is just absolutely just disgusting. And to, to hear Jake Roberts, Tim Houston, Rockin' Robin <clears throat> talk about how they dealt with, you know, abuse, it's really sad. Um, all, all three of them have, have had uh, issues with drugs and, 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 and alcohol. Uh, Jake Snake Roberts, obviously very, very uh, well known uh, with, uh, with his issues. Uh, with um, you know, with uh, Beyond the Mat, and just it was just really sad that he, meaning Jake Roberts, um, really just kind of fell into you know a pit for a very 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 long time. And Jake is going to be the first to tell you that he fell into a pit. Um, so, to me, to me, um, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, Jake Roberts came out on the other side, obviously, with help from Simon Dallas Page, Scott Hall, uh, and Jake got into just phenomenal, phenomenal shape, um, working with DDP, working with Scott Hall, really reclaimed, you know, his life. Um, I, I, I've seen Jake Roberts, and I tell you what, this is the happiest I think I've seen him probably ever. I don't know him personally, but just from a wrestling 
fan perspective, Jake Roberts is 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 on the other side. He is he has come out and he is he's good. He is very, very good. He's working now with AEW. Um which I think is 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 phenomenal. Uh, Jake is, uh, I believe, he said in uh, in the shadow of Grizzly Smith. Jake Roberts uh, said that he was apparently ten years sober, which that is really cool. That is very cool. When I saw Jake Roberts. Um, at the induction ceremony of of uh, the hall, I was looking at the both of them. And I'm like, who could have guessed? Who could have guessed? Even ten years ago, that we were going to see Scott Hall and Jake Roberts in the same room at the same time, and they were both going to be looking good. Um, wow, uh, I I couldn't have guessed that. I, I I honestly could not have guessed that, but you know it was it was interesting that uh, Jake said you know emotionally because of the abuse that like in, in terms of my emotional growth. I'm still basically emotionally speaking. I'm like still stuck at 12, 12, 13. That is really sad. And unfortunately, this is part that that's um, kind of heavy, really heavy. Uh, people that you know, and I won't, I won't say any names. Okay, out, out of respect and all that, I won't say any names. I know people that have been abused. It is not fun. It is not okay. And you have to deal with the trauma, you have to deal with the grief, you have to deal with all that, and then seem like you're somewhat functioning. I mean, my God. Um, so, but I, I, I have heard that, uh, emotionally speaking, it does stunt your emotional growth. Um, you know, and then Tim Houston, you know, uh, went, uh, you know, went to, uh, went to prison, uh, for, Number of years, um, like I said, Rock, uh, Rock and Robin had had her issues, and they all said, "Look, we want to reconnect. Yes, we are all siblings, but we aren't really close. I want you know, all three of them, Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, Rock and Robin, all of them said, I want to reconnect with." You know my siblings, and 
that was a really cool moment. Um, so, again, if you're going to watch In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith, just, again, it, it will be traumatizing to some people. Um, I can see where it can be triggering for um, survivors of, of abuse. Um, so be very, very cautious, but just know that all three of them came out on the other side and they are good. They are living really good and they are moving forward. So uh, there's that. Skyline Kid, well, um, you had, um, you know, you had, you know, a guy who did just absolutely everything. He was, you know, as they say, you know, a five-tool player. Dynamite Kid uh, helped to popularize, <laughs> yeah, say that word, make popular the, you know, the high-flying style uh, that uh, we see nowadays. He was one of the very first to really bring that up-tempo, high-flying style, you know, to the ring. Um, but injuries started to mount up. Um, has a uh, back broken. Dynamite uh, started getting in, involved, you know, in, uh, you know, in, in painkillers, uh, anabolic steroids. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was really sad. And he lost his family. He, you know, he lost his family. Um, and yeah, it was just really, really, you know, it was really sad that um, Dynamite um, lost his life. Uh, but, you know, um, that, that's what happens when you take one too many bumps. When you go out and you get beat up too much. Then you know you start using painkillers. You start trying to do whatever you can to, to basically you know shut the pain off. You know just so you can even you know move. So uh, there is that as as well. Um, so that is third side of the ring. Uh, we will be back with the main event, which is. Driver series. And uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Time now for the main event. All right, folks, we're back with the main events. And of course, this Sunday only on Peacock, we have Survivor Series. And uh, we've got looks like six matches. We're going to go through each uh, one of them, and uh, I'll give you 
my thoughts on each one. So, uh, first up is the men's 5-on-5 uh, Survivor Series elimination match. We've got Team Rossi of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Chris Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory, who replaced, uh, well, was going to be, I, I think it was Rey Mysterio, then it was going to be Dominic Mysterio, but um, Austin Theory uh, replaced the uh, the uh, Mysterios. Going up against Team SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, uh, Team Woods, Happy Corbin, and TBA, uh, and that will be decided uh, tonight. Uh, the uh, fifth member of uh, the SmackDown men's team. Um, both Xavier Woods, King Woods, and Becky Lynch, both of them have said, you know what? The brand, you know, uh, you know, the brand uh, Survivor Series idea just basically run its course because it's 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 five random people on both sides, and we're, we are just past the uh, the uh, draft, so there 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 is no brand loyalty. It's not like oh my gosh, I've always been on SmackDown. I I love SmackDown. I'm gonna fight hard for SmackDown or 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 Raw, either either one, and it just feels like. Five random people on each, you know, on each side. I remember growing up as a kid, and I'm dating myself here, but it was, you know, the, uh, you know, the mid to late '80s when Survivor Series uh, started, and it 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 meant something because you had established, uh, long-standing, you know, established storylines, rivals uh, on either side. They had legitimate, you know, uh, heat on each other. Maybe not personally, but, you know, professionally, character-wise, they, they had, on, you know, they had a heat with, with each other. Uh, there was, like I said, a built-in storyline. Really cool, you know, uh, team names. It made sense. And then, you know, there was one year where you had, you know, the ultimate survivor, you know, but um, that that only happened when you're. I, I wish they would have like one overall survivor, <laughs> but. Um, Whole team Raw, team SmackDown, and it's been a bit old. But what King Woods and Becky Lynch said, both of them said, was, "Hey, look, let's have some stakes. Let's let's make this like a thing." So the winning team, you get the last five slots, you know, of of the Royal Rumble, which is all well and good. 
but you know, I, I was listening to the good folks over at Cultaholic uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and I, I, I agree with what they said. They said, you know, in one of their videos, they said, yeah, but you don't get the surprise factor. Yeah, but you don't get that surprise factor of, you know, oh my gosh, it's fill in the blank. Oh my gosh, it's fill in the blank. But I, I see where Vicki Lynch and King Woods, Xavier Woods, is going. That we got in that some sort of state, you know, into this. Don't just throw in ten random people and say, eh, okay, and whatever. I mean, let's let's get some stakes here. Uh, the women's side got uh, Team Rob, so uh, so Bianca Belair, Rio Ripley. Liv Morgan, Carmella, Queen Selena. And of course, they just fought in that five way uh, for uh, number one contendership for the uh, Raw Women's Championship going up against Team SmackDown. Sasha Banks, uh, Shannon Baszler, Saucy, Natty Knight, Art Wilson, and Tony Storm. Again, Bit hodgepodge, bit hodgepodge uh, for my liking. So, just a bit hodgepodge. Next up, and this is the one I really wanted to, to address. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> it is Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, versus Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. This thing has devolved. Quickly is just evolved quickly. So let me um, so uh, you know as far as uh, the um, storyline. If you uh, you know if you don't know uh, about uh, the whole Becky Lynch. And uh, Charlotte Flair uh, deal. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so we start off. We start off uh, with uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, uh, and they were. Uh, they were uh, talking about doing, you know, a title swap. They usually do that, you know, when they have a draft. And you know, past years, you know, you had people just swap titles backstage, and you know, hey, go get them, you know, and all that. No, no, this was out in public, and the original plan, okay. Uh, from what I've read and, and heard and all that, the original plan for Becky and Charlotte was that Charlotte was going to hold up the title, the uh, Raw Women's Championship. Becky was going to lunge and rip it from Charlotte's uh, hands and say, See, I'm Becky two belts again. Um, kind of pop the crowd and all that. But 
uh, what happened was Charlotte just tossed the title. She, she, she just tossed the title down, kind of like, no, nah, I'm not going to just, no, no, no. But Sonia Deville said, um, no, you pick up the title right now and you hand it to Becky Lynch. All right, fine. So they, they exchange the titles and uh, they go backstage and according to Becky Lynch, this was not a physical confrontation, but it was certainly a verbal thing of like, you know what, um, we're going to... Um, we're just going to really, you know, hash it out. And we're going to really, you know, get, get into a heated argument. Uh, Charlotte had to be escorted from the building that night. So we were off to uh, the races. And then, um, let's um, see if I can go back uh, here. Um, so I can, so I can, I can, you know, uh, figure this out, uh, for y'all. Um, so there was, there was that. And then, uh, this is from, uh, Aiden Gibbons of, I uh, call Paul, I'll just read it. Um, with the real life issues between Becky Lynch and Charles Flair. Having um, risen to the service and recently following uh, their first school title exchange uh, on October 22nd. Uh, SmackDown Charlotte Flair has responded to reports that she is difficult to work with. Following question about her um, dominance and confidence rubs people the wrong way, Flair um, replied, quote, yes. It obviously does rub people the wrong way. If I were a man, it would rub people, or would it uh, rub people the wrong way? No. No one uh, looks at the man and goes, hey, gosh, why uh, does he want to be world champion again uh, when he's been on top all these years? It's because I'm a woman and done it and, or done it all, and uh, we have a smaller division. Charlotte is difficult. Because I stand up for what I believe in. Uh, that makes me difficult. If I was a man, I'd be, uh, I'd have big balls. I know how good I am, man or woman. I am the best. So that was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, if I were a guy, y'all wouldn't be having this problem. And I'm like, yeah, we kind of would have. Uh, I mean. John Cena, Triple H before him, Roman Reigns to a lesser extent now. I mean, yeah, we, I get what Charlotte was trying to say, but, uh, and then Becky just fires back. Um, and uh, said on Twitter, quote, uh, no one on our roster acts like this, man or woman. Gender ain't the 
issues here. I mean, wow, shots fired. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just gone back and forth. Um, let me see if I can uh, find this out uh, between uh, Charlotte, or not Charlotte, but it's a Becky Lynch and uh, Rick Flair because they've got into it. Um, so, uh, again, this is from Aiden Gibbons. Uh, big time Beck uh, issues with Rick Flair's daughter, Charlotte. Uh, Flair was in the service recently um, during. Uh, which uh, Lynch noted she is no longer, uh, she no longer trusts uh, Charlotte Flair. Uh, Rick uh, then suddenly commented the situation earlier um, this week saying, think I'm going to have to make her personally see the piss out of Charlotte. I don't think so, sister. Um, or think, or sorry, uh, let me, <laughs> let me start again. Uh, quote, uh, this is from Rick. Uh, Rick Flair, think I'm going to uh, have to make uh, the trip personally to see you beat the piss out of uh, Charlotte? I don't think so, sister. Uh, the man, big time Beck, or whatever you call yourself, there's not enough choreography in the business to save you, Becky Lynch. Um, and then uh, Becky Lynch Fires back on Ariel Hawani's show. And I mean, there's a lot to unpack on that one. Um, but he said, quote, look, I saw the tweet. I know the one you're referring to, the one I'm kind of referring to. And I looked at it and I wrote a response that would have been quite biting. And I deleted it and I let it go because I think it's really sad because this is a legend at one point. This legend, a 16-time world champion Ric Flair, is now jealous of me. It's cool for me and uh, is now trying to use me to get uh, clout to promote whatever he has going on next because he's dug himself into a hole with other things. So I kind of was just like, ah, uh, let me um, let him out of it because it's kind of sad. I think it's sad. Uh, ooh. And then, then Rick, Rick Flair comes right back and says, quote, uh, on, on Twitter, quote, so disappointed. Uh, I did this out of respect for you, Becky Lynch. I made you millions and um, me, or it made you millions and uh, made me nothing. Four years of being D-man, the company doesn't own it, neither do you. I'll always be the man, ask your husband. I mean, shots fired. Now, some people have said, well, are we getting played here? Is this a work? And I'm like, no, no, pretty sure it's not a work. But here's the thing, and I cannot do this justice. Um, but go, just just 
just go to YouTube. Okay, go to YouTube, type out uh, Becky Lynch, Ariel Hawani, or Becky Lynch interview, whichever, and just watch it. It's about 48 minutes as the crow flies. It is fascinating. I mean, my gosh, it is fascinating um, to, to listen to Becky Lynch. So, um, go go watch it. Oh, it is, I mean, it is amazing. I will say this. This is this is one of the parts that I thought that was interesting. Uh, talking about Charlotte Flair. Ariel Hawani said, so you guys aren't friends. No. Well, you, you were friends, right? Well, yeah, but we're not now. And beyond that, I don't even trust her. If you don't trust your dance partner, if you will, in the ring, that's a problem because you have to trust each other because you have your life in their hands, they have their life in your hands in the ring. And you have to stay safe. There has to be the illusion of violence without it really being violent. And, um, but there are, there are two matches. I mean, just look at Charlotte Flair and their Nia Jax. Charlotte was ragdolled in that match. I mean, she was absolutely ragdolled. Um, so, well, and, and Ariel kept trying to ask, well, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I think Becky, quite honestly, like, like legit, quite honestly, was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Because we don't trust each other. We don't like each other. We legit don't like each other. So we, uh, you know, all I can do is go in and be prepared for anything. So go watch the Becky Lynch interview. It is fascinating. Right. Um, so moving on, Big E versus uh, Roman Reigns. That's going to be a great. Two bulls going after each other at, at match. 